This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere people consume podcasts. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Hello, I'm Alexander Walker of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, then thank you for taking the time to check us out. The Fashion Collective Podcast is a place for creatives to learn, share, collaborate, and support each other. Each week, you'll get in-depth interviews with creators talking about their creative process, inspirations, giving advice, and sharing their opinions on the major topics within the industry. Our mission is to create a space for creatives. If you enjoy the content in this series, please check out our other weekly series, such as the News Roundup and Deep Dive. Also, if you have the time, I would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, today I have my interview with Alejandro Gutierrez of the brand Graziano and Gutierrez. In this episode, we get into the rise of workwear, how Mexican culture has influenced the brand, his style evolution, the importance of slow fashion, and talk a little bit about the future of the brand. So with that being said, let's uh, let's just jump right into it. How are you? How's it going? Good, good, thank you. Um, you know, just getting in the studio, it's Saturday. Um, have to sew a couple orders and, you know, just catch up with some December, like Christmas orders and such. It's been, it's been kind of hectic. But, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just very thankful to have you on uh, to share more because, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, uh, I came across your brand. I I think it was like maybe was Lawrence Schlossman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw him post about it and I was like, wow, like this is really incredible stuff. So very happy to have you on. Thank you. Um, you know, thank you for having me on. We're very grateful for that. And yeah, he, yeah, the Throwing Fits guys, you know, they've been absolutely amazing since the moment they kind of discovered they came across our brand um i think it was through blackbird's pipeline um they kind of like gave us kind of our first boost back in august by putting us on a small newsletter and just talked about like our brand for a couple sentences and that kind of like opened the door for everything that has happened so jonah and erin have been also pretty amazing at this a really great newsletter love that newsletter before we get into it, you know, do you want to say, you know, a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you do? Yeah. Um, well, my name is Alejandro Gutierrez and I kind of like act as I'm owner of the brand. Um, but the whole project, it was started by me and Sam back in college. Um, I'm from Mexico. I was born in the Yucatan and I was raised in Merida up until I was like 13 years old. And then I moved to Kentucky. Um, and then in Kentucky, in Louisville, I finished high school and then I went to college in Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, I never really knew I kind of wanted to work with Mexican textiles and just kind of like have a clothing brand up until um, 
I think it was like November of 2016 when I was doing an internship in LA and I went back to Mexico for like a couple of weeks just to see family. And one of my good friends introduced me to textiles. She was like working with some hard woman textiles and it was like the first time that I saw them and I was like, that's nice. It's really, really nice. Um, so she kind of like opened the door for me with the textiles and the whole journey started from back then. Incredible journey and we'll be obviously getting into that over the course of the episode. Uh, segment one, you know, how would you describe your personal style? Good question. You know, it's at least for me that I never envisioned myself being in the fashion industry. You know, when I went to Cincinnati, I didn't even know that they had a design program. And I've kind of like figured out my style and kind of like what I like to wear as my college experience happened. And now post-college with like working from home, it all has kind of like, you know, I wear these Nike trail pants every single day with like a Uniqlo shirt and like a hoodie. Um, Even a basic, so, comfortable. Yeah, super comfortable, super basic. But I, you know, whenever Kobe wasn't really happening, I would get to like go outside more. Um, I would always be wearing, it's kind of like a clash of classic Americana workwear with like Mexican textiles, which is kind of like the brand in itself, you know, but like, I always just wear one of our shirts, you know, because I'll see a textile that I love and make something out of it. And then I just want to wear it. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like, it can be kind of like an eclectic combination of colors, but also like denims and like indigos, which is really nice. Yeah. Amazing. And I think you can see those elements feeding into the brand, as you said, you know, segment two, what have you been obsessed with lately? Any like books, articles, other brands, pretty much yeah, anything. Um, Quite a bit. I think it's more books and podcasts than anything else. You know, I like I'm sewing about nine to ten hours a day, so or like even more than that. So I'm like working all day, so it leaves a lot of time for like podcasts or audiobooks. Um, I've actually been making my way through um, the Game of Thrones books, which are like super long, but yeah. really easy to listen to. Um, and I've also did you watch the show? Yeah, watch the show. Love the show for like the entirety of it except you know the last couple seasons it wasn't my favorite which right, i think that's not, yeah that's not a very unpopular opinion um but yeah it's just i've been really into game of thrones um been really into this book this um journalist called graham hancock um he's kind of like a pseudo he defines himself as a pseudoscientist but i'm listening to this book called america before um where pretty much the book talks about how the archaeologists thought that there were only people in the Americas for like 13,000 years, but actually there is evidence showing that people were in the Americas for like 100,000 years. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll, that's kind of like, I go back and forth between listening to like anthropologists and like sort of like archaeology and like, um, I was just finished listening to How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan um, oh, cool. in uh, yeah so he's you know talked a lot about food for a long time but he kind of wrote a book about psychedelics and the benefit uh, the medicinal benefit of uh, psychedelic research and that book is pretty fantastic um, so yeah that's kind of like what I've been really into and I've actually been really into um, this Japanese brand called Blue Blue Japan yeah um, definitely it, yeah, which, you know, they're just kind of like really working with indigos and like patchwork, you know, in this kind of like a clash of like 
workwear clothing with these like beautiful like patchwork Japanese textiles, um, which is something that like Sam and I like have a deep admiration for Japanese culture or you know, in like South Korean culture as well. So it's kind of one of our dreams to be able to go up there and like do some research for like their beautiful textiles one day. Yeah, we need to see that happen. <laughs> that would be really nice. One of these days, though, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, really cool to get your, you know, what you've been reading or you know, listening to through audiobooks. I recently got into the uh, Libby app. So it's like you can kind of download or like reserve books kind of through like your local library, but it's all digital. So you can either read it through like a Kindle or you can listen to like the audiobooks, which is really cool. Uh, uh, so what is the app called? Le yeah, it's called Libby. It's like L-I-B-B-Y. So you just connect your like library card to the app and then you're able to like check out books and then you can check out like oh, 10 nice. at a time. Yeah, it's how all is, free. How is their catalog? Do they, I mean, do you ever find that they don't have what you're looking for or that they usually? They've, yeah, they've always had what I'm looking for, which is really amazing. It might be like checked out, but you can like put it on hold and then, yeah, you get it. Oh yeah, I think, okay, yeah. Well, my, uh, when I, I used to work with a designer called Lauren Windsor here in Portland and she showed yeah she showed me that and she was like oh we, wa we wanted to listen to a book but it was like rented out already and we had to wait like three weeks for it which which is the only kind yeah yeah which is kind of nice yeah. you know it's like you don't get the immediate gratification you kind of have to wait kind of like back in the day you had to just wait until you could rent the movie or you know rent the book um so that's, yeah, yeah. we couldn't just stream it you know like it is now yeah, exactly <laughs> moving into segment three you know as we are moving into 2021, we're in the first year, I mean, first month of the year, you know, what's something that you kind of see, you know, from 2020 kind of moving into 2021, this could be the way that people purchase, the way, you know, designers and brands, you know, operate, you know, what's something that you see kind of moving into the new year? Um, I would, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, which is this kind of like new movement towards wanting to really support independent small clothing brands. Um, one of the biggest things for me has seen people really being patient when they place an order. You know, it's not, it's, it's not a natural thing that, you know, you place an order and you have to wait maybe like five to six weeks before you get it. Um, and, you know, it takes it's a special kind of customer that understands what goes behind making the full clothing before you actually get it. Um, and I think that's been kind of like a trend that I hope that go, moves towards 2021 of, you know, people really wanting to support small independent brands and kind of like provide a platform for, for their work um, and just kind of like just buying with intention. You know, like at least when I purchase things, like I maybe buy a few pieces every year, but like I buy them with intent of like, I'll save up my money. And kind of like the last thing that I bought was um, at the end of December was a fleece from the South Korean brand called Outstanding and Company. Um, okay. Yeah, and you know, it was kind of like, I had been eyeing that piece for a while and, you know, gathered the money and like splashed on it. And now I'm like sitting on that piece for a while, you know, and it's kind of like, I really hope that this kind of continues into 2021, you know, just seeing a lot of like more small, just small businesses and people following their passion and, you know, trying to focus on like what really it is that makes them happy and they want to really do. And they feel, you know, that is a creative output. So I hope that that continues this year and we see more small brands coming up and, you know, more people 
providing a platform for their work as well. I hope so. Yeah, same. I mean, that's the whole mission behind, you know, the podcast. And it's cool to see, like, you know, people really put their money behind, you know, a lot of these small businesses, you know, in fashion and outside of fashion, which is really cool. And as well as, you know, a lot of these smaller brands getting an opportunity to, you know, work with, you know, bigger brands in terms of collaborations, exactly. whether that's with like a sportswear brand, which is really amazing. So, yeah, yeah, I do hope to see um, like more collaborations too, just between like smaller brands, like, you know, at least Sam and I haven't done any collaborations as of yet. We're definitely working um, on a couple. We're working on some collaborations that we expect to announce soon in 2021. Um, but it is great to see, you know, like, you know, Edgar Gonzalez as well. Um, he's, yeah. I think he's based, he's based out of Texas, um, but he does graphic tees, you know, and it's just another person following their passion or their dream. And kind of like Sam and I have been just going back and forth with him every now and then about like figuring out some sort of like collaborative project that we can like, you know, get together and boost each other's brands a little bit more. Um, so yeah. I think he does amazing stuff. He's always giving back and doing really great stuff for exactly. nonprofits. Exactly, which is really great to see. Um, you know, I, yeah, a lot of like his profits, I think they go to like undoc undocumented immigrants, um, mm. which is really great to see somebody putting forth time and effort for like, an actual caring cause. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice to, I feel that's something else that has come out of 2020, just this sense of community amongst like small, like designers and like this community is forming to kind of like boost each other up and kind of like provide platforms for your work, um, which is something, you know, I do hope that it continues, you know, it becomes more of a trend and because I really, you know, it's, there are plenty of really, you know, big fashion labels that are capable of, you know, sustaining themselves and like pay for all of their PR and whatnot. But for a small brand like us, at least, you know, Instagram is pretty much all we have. And, you know, it's it, as, as we grow and we're able to like putting some more money into like marketing or anything like that right now, our community is within Instagram pretty much. And like any social media accounts and our like actual direct to consumer website. Um, so it's great to have like small communities to be able to kind of like boost each other. Definitely. So I'm glad that you're able to get that through, you know, the guys over at Throwing Fits, you know, Blackbird's Biplane and, yeah. you know, this podcast. And hopefully more people can just learn about the amazing pieces you guys are producing because it's, it's incredible. Thank you. Thank you very much. So moving into kind of the main topic, obviously the brand and your journey, I want to start from the beginning. You know, what got you originally into it? Because you said that you kind of went to school and you weren't thinking that you would actually be a designer so like what were yeah. you what were you thinking when you were going to school and when did it when did you figure out like okay i think this is what i want to do yes good question because yeah when i went to cincinnati i pretty much went into their exploratory program which i was trying to get like a business business major pretty much and like a film studies minor um and once i was there is when i found out they had the design school and i i pretty much just went with fashion because it was kind of like the only thing I knew a little bit about. And my whole journey of, you know, when I first went into fashion, I was kind of like still, I didn't really know any designers. I didn't you know know anything besides kind of like the staples, like YSL and like Ralph Lauren and like Louis Vuitton, like all those, all those things that are like always very in front of you um, when like you're in, like in fashion school. And 
I never, I didn't know that I was going to do this until probably like three or four, three years into the program. Um, we're very fortunate that the program in Cincinnati, it's a co-op program. So you like, you study for one semester and then another semester you go out and work. Um, oh, okay. That's really nice. Yeah. So you alternate like that until you graduate. And I remember one of my first co-ops was a land end for women's outerwear and it was very okay. corporate and I, you know, I got to learn a lot, but I, it wasn't like my favorite thing to do, just like to go into an office and I like, spent a lot of time behind a computer. Um, and then I got to come to Portland and work with a small designer. Her name is Lauren Winter. Um, and she was kind of like, she sews everything, does all the, all the pattern making herself, all the pattern grading as well. And I fell in love with it. And that's kind of like when I knew that kind of like, this is what I want to do, but I didn't know what I wanted to do it with until I took a trip to Mexico and my friend Aranza, she's been like a friend of mine in my childhood. She introduced me to all these handwoven textiles and I was like, it's absolutely beautiful. But like, and she, but she was just using them for um, like upholstery and stuff like that. So I brought back some with me and, uh, you know, we made some samples and realized that they can be made into clothing. And that's kind of like when it all started. It was like in 2016, Sam and I, you know, got together and started brainstorming for like what the brand would become. Nice. And, you know, it was kind of like, it was, so it was a part of like your thesis with like, you know, creating the brand yeah. for your like last, yeah. That's really interesting. I never heard of that before. Your thesis was your brand. Yeah, it's, I, I think it actually really played in our favor, you know, because we had a lot of ideations for what the brand would be. You know, like, I, I remember, like, at the beginning, Sam and I were like, oh, let's have, like, a combination. His heritage is from Italy, and like, mine is from Mexico, so we wanted to combine that in some ways, and we were like, something like Mexican-Italian, and, you know, we were like, oh, maybe, like, let's just work with, like, natural dyes, and we had to present a lot of, like, iterations to panels in school for like two years you know and sometimes it went really bad we got like chewed down they were like yeah this all like doesn't really make sense um and it was just like us struggling to put into words our vision for the brand which can be really tough when you're kind of like in in college still and figuring everything out um right. but yeah kind of like what the brand is today is what we came up for our final thesis you know, and like ever since graduating, it's just been figuring out um, better production practices and just kind of like the financial aspects and the construction for like the garments, which it's been tough because these, these textiles, they're not really easy to work with. Um, as soon as you cut it, like it immediately starts fraying. Um, so like it, I, it would be really hard for me to work with like a production company type place where like I send the fabric and they will make like 10 shirts um because it's it probably i have to like finish all the edges of the patterns um before i start sewing the clothing which adds like 30 minutes or like an hour of extra work um to the actual making of the garment wow yeah so it's which i mean that's what people get yeah that's what people get when they purchase from you it's like you literally know someone's like, like putting their actual hands on the garment they're making it it's hand sewn like wow yeah yeah, so, it, you know, like, it, it really is, like, just hands-on from, like, since they're hand-weaving the fabric down in Mexico until, like, I get it here and kind of, like, we have to, wa have to like, wash it and, like, heat it so, like, you, it gets all the shrinkage out. And then, like, each cut, like, hand-cut each pattern piece, like, for 
for like for a shirt you usually cut like the fronts at the same time but like i have to cut like one front at a time you know and like one sleeve at a time instead of two together and stuff like that which you know it's it adds a lot of that's why the time period is like four to five weeks before you get a garment sometimes you know because it's yeah it just takes kind of quite a bit of time to like make it and just get it to be because we're we really want the garment garments to be durable and like last you a, a long time, you know. And like in order to get it to like that point, it just takes you know a little bit of time, just especially just being me sewing, really. Yeah, a lot of long hours. Listening to, do you have like the Sony's on? A lot of times, just kind of like grinding away. Yeah. Apple Pie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you moved to Portland, you know, last year. You know, how has it been? You know, living in a living in Portland, you know, especially coming from, you were in Mexico, then you went to the Midwest, now you're on the, you know, the Northwest, you know, how is it? I, I love it. It's a great, it's a great place. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to travel a lot during college and with the co-ops, like I went to LA and Wisconsin, to Mexico, and I came to Portland. And I think out of all the West Coast, Oregon was my favorite, like more than California, I would say. I just love, um, how I mean, we might get some rain, but it's never really hot. And I love having like so much nature and like the forest and the coast really close by. And, like you know, we got lakes and like waterfalls really close. So like the nature aspect has been great. But also Portland has like it's really small and it's very like community community driven. So it was really it was really easy and like second nature to just find like a community of Latinos that are like, kind of like willing to help each other out. Um, one of the first persons, one of the first people that we collaborated with was Fabi Reina. She's, she started a magazine called She Straits Magazine, um, which focused on like highlighting female guitar and bass players around the world. Um, and just like providing a platform for them as well. And Amazing. she's also from Mexico and like we collaborated with her and like the first um, pop-up event that we had was with Jennifer Bolaños, who owns, owns like a boutique store in the downtown area that, you know, she just sells a bunch of different like Mexican crafts and stuff. So that is like, yeah, that was one of the main reasons that I wanted to move here because, you know, people care about like locally made things and like they, 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 they will pay a little bit more money sometimes instead of getting like, you know, a shirt from like Sara or like, something like that that is cheap but you just like what you can afford and they'll probably like spend a little bit more on something that is like handmade and like locally made um right yeah. that's what i've heard yeah it's well it, it's funny because there are no at least like within the city in portland where i am like there are no like fast food restaurants almost you know like it's, that's nice <laughs> yeah which is it's kind of nice it, it just tells you about kind of like the city in general, like for you to find like a McDonald's or like a Wendy's, you have to drive like 20 minutes sometimes um, to get to the spot. So it's, you know, people like, there are so many like local coffee shops and boutiques and stuff. So that's kind of like, when I saw that and got that feeling, I was like, it seems like the right place to kind of like start, at least for right now. Definitely. It seems like you've been able to find people like, and you know, build a nice community in the area. And, you know, yeah. building that network is always super important, especially when you first like initially moved someplace. Have you been able to find like a scene? Like, is, are there a lot of like local stores and like fashion stores that people should know if they ever visit? Man, I, I'll be really bad about it because I really can't tell you out of the top of my head. 
like you know there are very good um like boutique and like vintage shops on several streets like on hawthorne i don't remember the names um because like, it's been like a year since i've gone to any of these really um <laughs> it's, it's been yeah it's been a while and i hopefully none of them have closed yet um but yeah i yeah no i can't think of the top of my head i'm sorry Oh no, it's totally fun. Uh, but yeah, I do plan on going out there. I mean, it's really great. One of my brothers really wants to move there. So yeah, seems like a great city though. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's, 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 it's a nice balance between like city and nature, um, which is really enjoyable. You know, like just being in like Cincinnati, which is very urban, you know, like it was kind of hard to get, you know, here I can just like drive 10 minutes and be immediately in nature. You know, and like you be in the forest for like an hour and then just come back home. And it, that just being able to have that easy access to nature is definitely makes it worth it. Oh, yeah. Going back to the brand, you know, yeah, you guys repurpose, as you said, you know, Mexican textiles and, you know, breathing new life into them, you know, while honoring like the rich heritage that it comes from. Uh, can you just talk about that process for someone who may be kind of unfamiliar with like how you source the fabrics and the places that you work with? Yeah, of course. We get them from Totitlan del Valle. It's a little small village, which is like 30 minutes outside Oaxaca. Um, and you know, for you to get it, for you to get to it, like to either rent a car and go, or you have to, you know, get a taxi and then take another taxi, like take a, two different taxis in order to get into this like kind of like remote town. Um, and you know, when I first got the textiles, we would just go and get them. And like, I would like hold them back in my suitcases. Like, you know, right now, like, we let the families kind of like design, the families make all the textiles themselves. It's like, it's their designs, their patterns. Um, and like at most what we do is just come in and kind of like, oh, like we really like the pattern on this fabric. Maybe like, can you do that pattern with like a color, like a, a yellow color? Um, and like, that's like the most that we will do. But yeah, all of these textiles come from Totitlan del Valle in Oaxaca or also in Chiapas which are two separate towns, two separate um, states in Mexico um, that, you know, Chiapas is a very poor state, um, unfortunately. And all of these communities that like are working these textiles, they actually, they live like really remotely. So it's like, it's really hard sometimes to like, when you go into the town to get to go into the city, in, in to see them um, and kind of like capture and photograph like their process and their work um, because they're really, working pretty much like from their villages um but yeah so it's kind of you know we look at these textiles we go in and bring them back and then sam and i try to figure out you know simple silhouettes that kind of like blend this classic americana with like traditional mexican silhouettes um like we love like a good poncho um, and like a good like work shirt like stuff that you can like really go by in like your daily activities and it, it'll be comfortable enough, but it will still be like a special and unique piece that will, you know, hopefully last your life, a lifetime. Exactly. And I definitely think that from what I've seen, you know, has it been, you talked about some of the difficulties of getting to uh, the area that you work with. Has yeah. it been impacted by COVID-19? I'm sure. It I, yeah, it has. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's just kind of like how it goes. Um, but yeah, I think the most affected was in Chiapas. We, you know, it was really hard because of COVID for them to like get the cotton that they used to weave some of the fabrics. So we kind of like, you know, I, I just call, I just 
call them and I'm just kind of like, oh, what do you have right now? And like, what fabrics can you give me? And they just send me, I just like order like, oh yeah, send me like 15 meters of this. And you know, like right now it takes maybe like a month and a half or two months for like that yardage to get here. You wow. know, just because it's so hard for them to like get the cotton right now. Um, and you know, they're all kind of like, a lot of the government in Mexico is shut down. So a lot of people can't really work. Um, a lot of vendors can't go into the streets and stuff like that. So, you know, that is kind of like, it's been really hard for them to just kind of like find stable, stable work. And that's kind of like our main goal. Um, our main goal is, you know, even though like things might be hard, like we just keep ordering fabric and making new pieces. And we just try to provide, you know, a platform for their work and their textiles, but also provide like stable work and consistent, consistent work, which is, I think, one of the most important things because it's really common for, um, you know, some designers to go into Mexico and work with these communities, which has happened a lot. They go work with the communities and then leave and never come back. Um, and, you know, it's terrible. Like, yeah, it is terrible. <laughs> like, I think this happened, I think this happened in the Yucatan. I don't remember the name of the designer, but he went down to the Yucatan to work with some indigenous communities and they did some embroidery on their bags. And I think they got paid like 200 pesos, 200, like $20. And then the bags sold for like $2,000 in Europe somewhere. That's and terrible. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's kind of like coming in and, you know, earning their trust as well. Not anything else, earning the trust and just showing that, you know, all that we're really trying to do is provide a platform for their work and provide like consistent, fair work for you. And, you know, I think we found two good families right now and you know our relationship is really great so i'm really really fortunate to be able to just work with them and you know be working with these textiles to be honest very 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 fortunate yeah and i really commend what you've been able to do kind of building that connection and building those relationships and i think it's really amazing and for anyone who hasn't checked out their website i would definitely recommend it go in and check out see how the actual textiles that they source to use in the use of the garments it's really amazing to see yeah, um, thank, yeah thank you thank you i mean it's you know it's one of the bi biggest things that we want is to be able to you know show them working the textiles um so that people know who they are and they can see like what actually goes into making these fabrics um i think it's been like also tough with covid sam and i wanted to go down to mexico last year to just kind of like photograph the process and you know talk with them and just kind of be like what can we help you with um in like in their studios you know like maybe they need like different types of scissors or like a different sewing machine for different things and you know that's like all in the plans of what we want to do but once covid comes down a little bit i think we want to go down there and you know figure out different different ways of you know supporting the fact like the families working the fabrics and such sounds amazing yeah i can't wait till covid is a uh, in, in the past, thing of the past. Yeah. <laughs> moving into, I always love when I have like designers on and I can kind of talk about some of my favorite pieces from the brand. Um, the first one I want to talk about was the green stripe camp collar shirt. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hanging back. It's hanging back there. Actually. I, it, it looks, I see it. it looks dark, um, but yeah, thank you. Well, that's actually, uh, I, mean, I think one of the most popular pieces that we've had, like the green, the green shirt. And we only, we've only sold a camp color version of it but we'll be dropping a long sleeve version in like in march very soon 
Um, Very nice. So. I'm definitely gonna be keeping an eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's one of yeah one of my personal favorite fabrics too. I'm like struggling. At least last year, I wasn't. I never kept any of the pieces. Everything that I made, I always sold. And this is like now is the first time that I'm able to kind of be like, oh, I kind of like that piece. Maybe I'll keep it. Um, <laughs> it's really, it's really, really nice. Um, so yeah, sometime in like early March, you know, we'll be releasing that and the orange as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, another one I like is the red diamond trucker jacket. I thought that was like a really nice, clean look. Thank you. Yeah, it's it. It is one of our favorite fabrics. We've been we worked that that fabric actually we worked with that for our thesis project, um, like two oh, years cool. ago still, and, and we made like a beautiful poncho with it. And that fabric comes from San Cristobal de las Casas, which is in Chiapas, and that's the fabric that takes you know. I ordered 15 meters, which is enough for like three to four jackets. And that probably takes like two months to get here. You know, so it's <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a long it's a long wait, but I think it's worth it. It's really yeah, because the fabric it, it really is beautiful. But that fabric, funny enough, is actually used for pillowcases. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have in my living room I have um I'll show you real quick something. Um, so pretty much a lot of the times when we buy the, I buy the textiles, um, I just ask them to send me pillowcases because that's kind of like what they have. So for example, they send me something like this, which is a pillowcase. Wow, and, that looks so nice. And then, yeah, it's the first fabric that it's on one side, it's like this, but it's also like double-sided. So on the inside, it looks like this. Um, I love those like details. I mean, it's like incredible. Like, yeah, it's really beautiful. So that's kind of like, how we create our fabric catalog sometimes like i will just ask um the owner of the stores to be like hey can you just send send me photos of like what you have right now and i just tell them to like send me a bunch of pillowcases um because they all have like different fabrics and such and then sam and i kind of like sit down and are like oh let's use this pattern this looks really cool let's make like a sample with this and just start like narrowing things down like that wow so pillowcases okay that's the yeah. that's what that's what we should be looking out for <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah we tried to do some home goods um last um for last collection during the summer we did some like, blankets and some pillowcases yeah um, it's just it's a whole different ball game it's a bit it takes we were doing wholesale for that so kind of like the family kept all the profits we just wanted to like sell their pieces through our site um and it just it was really complicated because the shipping prices from Oaxaca to here are so expensive. So we're kind of like right now figuring out a way to maybe buy a bunch, like bring a bunch of stuff from them, like pillowcases and some blankets, and then do some sort of like wholesale where like we just provide the platform for that on our website and they can just keep all the profits and we just like sell everything for them um, on our site. So hopefully That's we'll amazing. offer some home goods sometime soon. Okay, I, that's perfect. As people are, you know, spending more time in their apartments and homes, they definitely need exactly. some, some good home goods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as you said, like, you're now seeing pieces and you're like, oh, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna hold on to this one. I want to actually wear this. You know, what have you been wearing lately from the brand? Like, what has been something that's like, okay, I've been wearing this like on almost a daily basis. Um, I've been wearing, well, I honestly always wear our jackets. Um, one of the jacket that I always wear is, is, what? is 
this black and red, black, black and white diamond. So um, nice. Which actually is the first jacket I ever sewed, which like I have like an attachment to it at this point. Wow. Um, we made it for our thesis project and I always wear that with the pleat, our pleated pants that are dropping tomorrow, which are like, we, we made the pleat pant for our thesis collection actually um, back in 2018, but we never released it until like right now because it took us like a long time to just get the design exactly how we wanted it to be. Um, so yeah, those are like, I'm really stoked on those. Um, so yeah, it's always like this jacket with like one of our pants and maybe like our white natural work shirt. Super nice, very nice. Yeah. And it seems like you're gonna be giving Isimiyaki a, a run for their run for their money in the pleated trousers game. That's gonna be nice. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, people like them. Um, people seem pretty stoked about them, and I think Le, Le, Larry Larry had the first pair, um, and he gave us some pretty good feedback on it too. He really liked the fit, and like the fabric is also a hemp and cotton blend. Um, we try to only work with like natural fibers, which is very important to us. Um, and not a lot of brands work with hemp and it's like, it has a really nice texture to it. It's, you know, it feels almost like a linen where it's like, it's very drapey and it's very like soft to the top, the touch. Um, but you know, you're using hemp and cotton, which are like very good natural fibers. Right. And I think that's kind of, you know, speaking to what the brand is kind of overall, like a core part of the ethos is kind of sustainability and, you yeah. know, using really great materials. And that's one of the questions I actually want to end on is, you know, for a lot of people, they're really into, you know, fast fashion and, you know, constantly and like this, I need to buy the next thing, buy new things. And what do you tell the people who aren't into slow fashion already? Like, how do you convince them to go into slow fashion? You see, it, I've actually thought about that quite a bit, you know, because it's, I have like a lot of family members that, um, or some friends even, you know, it's, that's what they will buy, especially like a lot of friends of mine, um, like down in Mexico, maybe. Um, it's just, it's hard to convince somebody to pay 180 for like a long sleeve shirt when you can just go and buy something like the same for like 50 bucks. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough sale, but it's, um, I, I feel like a lot of people have like noticed themselves as a, they're like, oh yeah, I bought this shirt, but like in three months, like it was breaking up, falling apart. You know exactly. And so it's it's a, it's a tough because you don't want to like impose on people and tell them kind of like what to do and like what to buy and how to buy. But it is definitely important to bring an awareness so that people understand that you know you should buy with intention rather than just buy for the actual sake of buying. Um, and you know just kind of like look at like i always just ask people just look at the labels on your garment when you're getting them like where was it made and what is the fabric coming from you know like how much how much is the is the brand telling you about what goes into making the garment you know it's just it's sometimes it's really easy to be on like a brand's website and just go to the about um, or something like that and be like oh wait like who's making this and why is it so cheap you know and if you i almost say it's kind of like a red flag when you can't find any information about who's making it and where it's being made. Um, and just kind of like, yeah, I would just say, I really love when like people just put a, put a, put a, put some, put some money aside and maybe buy like a selected few pieces throughout the year. I mean, and 
that way you even take even more good care of those pieces because you know it's kind of like you're buying it with intention and you've been waiting to get that piece and when you get it it's like you know this shirt was like 150 bucks so like you really take care of it you know and kind of like cherish it for what it is just kind of like this one either this one-of-a-kind piece or this like really special piece that will last you a long time um but yeah it's you know and i'm guilty too because when i was growing up all i would buy was like zara and like abercrombie and stuff like that you know yeah and it's but then you adopted it you adopted a really great mindset the slow fashion mindset yeah and i think it's been yeah it's yeah i got i kind of had to you know you kind of at this at one point you kind of have to like practice what you preach as well um i always you know i I've never bought that many clothes, to be honest, um, especially like the last, um, like when I was in college and I had a bunch of stuff that I had purchased like either early on in college or high school. And, you know, I was like, oh, maybe whenever I started like buying again, I started buying with like actual intention, which is nice. Yeah, I love that. I kind of might start using that term like, or that, uh, yeah, buying with intention. I think that's a really great phrase. And I think that's something that needs to be adopted more. And I think you providing that transparency through the brand so people actually know where the fabrics are coming from, you know, why it takes a bit longer to be created, why it might cost more than something you buy from Zara or H&M. I think that's exactly. like super important. Yeah, I think I had, yeah, I struggled last year a little bit because, you know, it's, I even found myself in a position where I was like, oh, I probably wouldn't like it would be hard for me to uh, to even buy stuff from my own brand. You know, in terms of like, I was like, oh, like it's an like $180 shirt. And like, I'm like the type of person that like, um, I will be able to maybe buy like one piece or like two pieces, like in the span of like several months, you know? And through making these and like, maybe I'll make a shirt for myself. I've actually kind of like started caring more about, you know, how I wash it, how I care for the clothes. Like I started to like, instead of throwing it in the dryer, I mostly just do air drying um, for a lot of my pieces um, because the actual, the dryer, it's just, it reduces the durability of all your garments. To be honest, it like, it sheds all the fiber and makes them like really weak. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's been tough, but finally found like a place where we were like, you know, we have we feel like we're offering a nice price range for you know the everyday cons consumer where it's like we offer like the shorts and like camp collars that are like a lower price point and then we also have like the jackets and like the work shirts that you know take a lot more time to make um that are just kind of like a bit of a higher price point but you know it the price point for us, it really just reflects the amount of time that goes into making that actual piece. Exactly. And you will also have home goods coming onto the site eventually. So that's yeah, another kind right. of maybe entry level, possibly uh, depends, yeah. I guess, on the on the piece. But yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that would be like another kind of like entry level type thing that you can, you know, so we found some people that kind of like, they were like, oh, I want to like at least support the families and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to figure out ways that we can provide that. And we feel like, you know, pillowcases and like blankets and stuff like that, they're already making them. It's just a matter of, you know, either going down there and photographing everything um, so that we can have it on the website um, and then figuring out some sort of like distribution process with them that like benefits them as, as well as us. Amazing. 
as we wrap up, you know, what should people be keeping an eye out for? I mean, you kind of hinted at a lot of stuff like adding home goods. You're going to maybe do some collaborations with, you know, Edir, uh, Gonzalez, like anything else that people should be keeping an eye out for? Oh, the pleats. Oh, yeah, the pleats. And I mean, to be honest, it's we have so many things in the works that Sam and I, like, honestly, like, we're sending each other text messages, like, on a daily basis about, like, either different ideas and different silhouettes. But the main thing would be keeping an eye out for the pleat pants that are coming out um, tomorrow. Um, and then for our drafts on March. Um, March, we're going to be dropping um, just that green stripe and the orange, which people have been asking about for a really long time. Um, and for a possible collaboration with Edgar Gonzalez coming, coming soon. Hey, very excited, especially for that drop in March. I'm really looking forward to it. Where can the, uh, where can the people follow you at? Yeah. Um, they can find us on our actual website, which is, you know, GracianoGutierrez.com or on Instagram, Graciano underscore and underscore Gutierrez. That, and that, that would be pretty much it. Um, I have, oh, I also have my personal Instagram, which I post some stuff about the brand sometimes. It's like kind of like my daily um, photo dump type thing. And, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. And yeah, everything will be in the description for anyone who's interested to kind of check out. I would highly recommend it. Really amazing brand. I want to just thank you again for you know coming on and sharing more about like the brand and your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's really great to talk with you and to be able to just, you know, be on your platform and be a part of the great thing that you're doing. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Alex. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest interview. If you enjoy the content in the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media to stay updated on all new podcast episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at the Fashion Collector Podcast. You can follow my personal account at alexwalkerph. You can follow us on Twitter at tfc underscore pod. And to get full access to all of our podcast episodes, private playlists, live streams and videos, and much more, you can sign up to be a patron on our Patreon page. For only $5 a month, you get full access to all of our exclusive content. The link to sign up for our Patreon page will be linked below.